Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Thursday the 29th of June. Summer and the World Cup are here, so I'm in a very good mood and uh, I've recorded quite a few podcasts over the last uh, couple of weeks and so. And coming up in today's show, uh, I've got a, a really interesting interview with a serial entrepreneur and branding expert. So uh, for all of you out there who want to understand a little bit more about how to effectively use branding to develop and make your business stand out, this is the show for you. Uh, I'll catch up on reader comments, uh, of which there have been quite a few, and some interesting thoughts from listeners out there. So thank you all for your feedback. As you know, if you want to contact me, you can just email me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or leave a comment on the Small Biz Pod blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk or indeed you can send me an audio comment. Not a lot of people like doing that, obviously, but there are easy ways to leave an audio comment. Just uh, phone or Skype me and leave a message on the answer machine and I'll play your comment live in the show. Be amazed if anyone does. But uh, I dare you. Okay. First, let's catch up on some comments from listeners uh, this week. And uh, starting with some emails, I had uh, an email from Phil Locke um, of in the heart of Brighton. And he says, saw and replied to your post on the Startups Forum a couple of days ago when you had a problem on the site. Uh, I was having, when I installed WordPress, I had a few minor technical issues with the feed, as some of you will know, but it's all sorted now. So uh, thanks for that, Phil. He says, um, just a quick email to say what a great site you have and some great interviews. Just been listening to the interview with Richard Denny. Very informative. Had me glued and turning off the World Cup in the background. Must have been good. That is really quite astonishing. So uh, thank you very much for that, Phil. Um Somehow he says you must keep people informed. Do you have a newsletter? If you do, I would be one of the first to sign up. Um, brilliant. One of the best sites I've found in a while. Best regards for the future. Um, thanks a lot, Phil. Um, I don't have a newsletter, actually. I'd be very interested to hear from uh, listeners whether or not they would like to subscribe to a newsletter containing uh, a sort of forward um, ideas of what's going to be in Small Biz Pod, maybe some hints and tips on podcasting. Uh, for the small business sector and uh, some advice from additional advice from uh, the entrepreneurs and experts that are interviewed on the show so if you would like to receive one of those just drop me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk and uh, if there's a enough interest um, I may well start to uh, produce one so thanks a lot for that Phil Uh, also had an email from um, Sam who writes to say, uh, I'm writing to tell you about my first new energy efficiency awareness website that he's about to launch. Uh, firstly, I must say, what a great show, uh, and so on. Uh, he's currently studying his a- for his A-levels, and uh, I think he finds Small Biz Pod useful for his course there. Um, his site, uh, tripthetwitch.com, is basically um, looking to make people aware of just how much power um, can be saved by uh, working 
in an energy and energy efficient way. So um, it's worth worth having a look at. Um, I you know I think it's got a, a little way to go. needs a needs a bit more work on it, Sam. But uh, I know you are working on it, um, and I'm certain that these um, environmentally or in, well, I'll put it this way: I'm certain environmental issues are going to be increasingly important to business, not just as a gesture, but as a as a means of uh, actually saving money and uh, almost as a, a a necessity, I think, in in today's world. So um, it's well worth uh, looking at those types of issues, and if there is a central resource that can help, um, so much the better. So good luck with that, Sam. I also heard from uh, Madeline. Kirk, who says, uh, I'm still catching up with back episodes of Small Biz Pod, but I'm finding them really inspirational. Uh, if a micro business is one with less than five employees, then mine is a nano business, just me, and I don't draw any money yet. Uh, yep, I think we've all been there, Madeleine. Um, one thing which I know from my past work that people often ignore is data backup. A floppy disk next to the computer or even in the drive is not backup. Backup should not even be in the same building. Uh, when the IRA bombed the City of London, one large company lost its main computers and the backup media were in the fireproof safe somewhere else. Unfortunately, that somewhere else was another building affected by the bomb. Uh, so, uh, basically, Madeline's making a point about the importance of, uh, of backing up and having backups, computer backups, in a, in a separate location. She's got hers in her mother-in-law's house. And um, I, it's kind of subject dear to my heart. Uh, for long-standing listeners, you know, you'll know we had a burglary here, and uh, I had everything assiduously backed up, but in the same location, and the backups were stolen along with the other computers. So, uh, yeah, I'm very well aware, and I use a service that allows me to back up off-site, uh, a web-based service. So, I, yeah, uh, I certainly um, feel quite strongly as Madeline does that that's uh, an important thing for any uh, nano small micro or even major business to uh, ensure they've got sorted so thanks for that input Madeline and then I had an email from uh, Juliet Prowse um, who's an inter- got an interesting background she says I'm actually British married to a Canadian and I live for the most part in Canada however I work on an oil field in Africa on a rotation which has me working for 28 days in Gabon and then off for 28 days vacation in Canada uh, so you can count me as a listener on all three continents so there we are uh, that that's that's going to boost my geographical spread so thanks for that Juliet uh, my husband and myself are thinking of becoming entrepreneurs very soon with a business idea we have been forming over the last couple of months and I find your podcasts both helpful and extremely interesting especially since they cover a broad range of businesses and topics many thanks for making them available uh, Juliet then goes on to mention uh, or, or to ask about a, a podcast um, which I mentioned with uh, Heather Gorringe from Wiggly Wigglers uh, when I interviewed her um, and it's actually for immediate release one of the, the best uh, PR and technology podcasts you'll, you'll ever listen to it's quite long but, but well worth the effort called the Hobson and Holtz Report um, for immediate release uh, and I'll put the the link in the show to that one because uh, you it's, it's well well worth listening to. Um, so thanks for that, Juliet. Um, good luck with the entrepreneur. Uh, well, good luck with the business idea when it finally happens, and uh, hope your your next holiday in Canada is a good one. 
And so finally, to uh, the those who've added themselves to the Small Biz Pod Frapper map this uh, last couple of weeks, week or so, um, for those of you who don't know, the Frapper map's really just a map of the world where you can stick a virtual pin in the map to say where you're listening to the show from. So I, I, it's really cool. It's nice. You know, you can put a photo up if you like. Um, and it's a great way of, of, the, the, of people sort of really um, getting, potentially getting in touch with each other and uh, a bit of networking potentially. So uh, always nice to see where people are listening from. And there's, there's people all over the world, as I've said before. So this uh, month, we've an artist... Uh, Greg Manley in Canada, in Ottawa. Um, Sam Walter uh, from uh, Great Malvern in the UK. Um, he says, great show, inspiring and informative. Madeline Kirk, who we've already uh, mentioned. Uh, Nick Fogarty, who is um, a, a Brit, I think. Oh, no, no, he's a New Zealander in Barcelona. And he says, uh, really enjoying your podcast. I'm a New Zealander living in Barcelona and in the early stages of setting up an export distribution business with a business partner in Australasia. I'd be grateful for any information you might be able to provide regarding the benefits of appointing established distribution agents versus handling distribution yourself. Also, any help with a Spanish irregular past tense would be greatly received. Cheers, Nick. Um, thanks very much for that, Nick. Um, you probably listened to the interview with Chocola, uh, which has a little bit about uh, handling distribution and suggests appointing distribution agents. At least that's the CEO of uh, Chocola, a chocolate manufacturer. That's the way they've gone. It's certainly a topic area that we could look into in a lot more detail. So, uh, yep, stay tuned and perhaps uh, we'll, we'll manage to sort something out on that front. Because uh, there is, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of detail to cover there. And then uh, we also have, finally, uh, Oliver Abrahams, um, who also sent me an email um, and says, really impressed with the content, learning something new with every listen. And uh, Oliver runs um, a, a product development company and uh, looking actually for some advice on cheap and easy uh, PR and publicity, uh, how to sort of promote yourself on a shoestring, really. Um, and funny, he, his email popped through, pinged into my inbox, just as I was uh, interviewing a, a well-known journalist about his tips on how to get your message out to the press and um, how, basically how to, 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 to work your small business or startup PR effectively. So although it doesn't cover the sort of complete gamut of uh, PR on a shoestring, uh, it, it will be, I hope, useful. So that's just a, a bit of a coincidence and a show for you all to look forward to in the not-too-distant future. Okay, so there we have it. There's uh, listeners' feedback for uh, this week. And now uh, I'm, as I said, going to... Uh, I had the chance to interview... Um, a guy called BJ Cunningham, who is a serial entrepreneur. He's uh, imported fast cars from all over Europe. That was one of his businesses. He uh, launched the uh, extraordinary tobacco brand, Death Cigarettes. Some of you will remember those. And he now runs an exclusive shoe shop in Mayfair in central London with his uh, wife and business partner. Uh, so uh, let's hear what uh, 
BJ and I discussed, uh, we, we focus very much on issues around branding. Okay, well, um, Smallways Pod today is in the, the gloriously glamorous uh, Mayfair in London, I'm sitting in, a, in a, an exclusive shoe shop called Georgina Goodman. And why am I here? Well, I'm, I'm here talking to BJ Cunningham, who's a, a very interesting character, an entrepreneur, and um, expert in branding. Um, he uh, runs with his partner, um, Georgina Goodman, but has some, some very interesting other entrepreneurial experiences. And uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about branding and how uh, small businesses can uh, really make the most of um, their, the value in their business through, through marketing and branding. So, uh, BJ, welcome to the show. Great pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, now, first off, um, anyone involved in branding really needs the experience, I think, of having run businesses successful to understand how branding really works. I think many small businesses, and in fact many big businesses, misunderstand what branding is and think it's kind of logos and letterheads and um, uh, the insubstantial stuff. Um, but it goes much deeper than that, doesn't it? Um, tell us a little bit about your, your first entrepreneurial experiences and how you applied good branding to turn those businesses into successes. A lot of people are confused. They're confused that a brand is a logo or a brand is a name or a brand is a Pantone color or a brand is a typeface. And, and, and it's not. A brand, very simply, is a promise. And um, the way in which you communicate that promise and the consistency with which you deliver against that promise is what creates a strong market position in the mind of your customer. And ultimately, that's what business is all about. It's about owning a peace of mind or or being synonymous with something in the mind of your customer. And there are two things I've said there. One is in the mind of your customer. So I'm focusing very much on your customer. Branding is not about awareness generically. It's about involvement, particularly in the person you're seeking to be involved with, your customer. So it's about building long-lasting relationships with people who, to whom you're relevant and with whom you have an affinity. Um, rather than short-term, one-night stands with everybody. Um, so it's the difference between marriage, if you like, and, and, and playing the field. And um, I'm a great believer in, in building depth rather than sort of blagging width. And, and, and that's a, I think that's an important thing to remember when it comes to branding. It's about depth, not width. You talk there, BJ, about um, depth in terms of branding. What, what exactly do you mean by, by depth? I mean involvement um, rather than awareness. And a lot of, there's an old model in the world of advertising, which was created by an advertising agency. So it's a particularly good model for selling advertising, which is called the AIDA model. And AIDA is A-I-D-A, -A, and it's uh, A is awareness, I is interest, D is desire, and A is action. So the idea being that you have to, first of all, get a lot of people to be aware of your product. Some of them will then be interested. Of those, some of them will have a desire, and some of those people who have a desire will then take action and purchase your product. So it creates this sort of funnel um, in, in the market, and you drive people through this funnel, which is a great way of selling advertising, because obviously you have to, the first thing you have to do is buy lots of advertising to generate a lot of awareness. And I say that's not true. What you actually need to do is create involvement in the market you're seeking to sell to. A simple way of putting that is this. It doesn't matter if my grandmother has heard of Nike. She is never going to buy a pair of trainers. So, and business is about 
creating these relationships, real relationships, with people who you want to have a relationship with. And ultimately, that means communicating with clarity your intention to your market and then delivering against it consistently, which is a wordy way of saying, know what it is you're trying to say, say it clearly, and then do what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it. And that is what branding is about. Now, one of, your, one of your interesting ventures, and I certainly remember the launch of this product, and I, I have to say before interviewing you, I didn't, didn't know your, you were involved with it, but was, um, was death cigarettes. Now, for those not in the UK, there was a, a, a few years... It, it was global, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was an interesting brand, and, and I think it's particularly interesting in terms of delivering on the promise. There's an interesting angle, that one. Um, how uh, it clearly had a lot of um, leverage and a lot of um, publicity around it because of its its straightforward promise. I mean, it's a strange promise to to, to make, but that that kind of honesty, I think, flew in the face of the tobacco industry, which was probably at the time still denying that that that, that cigarettes were uh, particularly harmful for people. How did how tell us a little bit about how the the concept came together and what it, what inspired this business and and how it. Uh, how it evolved. Well, Death Cigarettes is a pure brand concept. There is no product differential whatsoever. It is exactly the same product, the same filter, the same tobacco, the same paper, the same packet, the same machines. But tobacco products are perfect examples of branding, actually. There is no product differential whatsoever. People talk about taste. You know, I, I'm, a, I, no, I'm not a smoker anymore, actually. I gave up. But I have been a smoker, and I promise you, you cannot tell the difference. We used to do blind smoking tests all the time. Just, people just don't know. It is, product-wise, it is exactly the same. Um, the big difference is brand. You know, do you fancy yourself as a cowboy? Are you the kind of guy who wears a moustache and fights crocodiles? Do you drive a 4 by 4 vehicle? Do you abseil down a mountain with a beautiful girl? Or perhaps you're a jet fighter pilot. All of these are different brand positions. Well, in my view, there was a brand position that was missing in the marketplace, and that was a position for the truth. And the truth is, if you smoke, you're going to die. And every smoker knows this. And it's not news. You know, if you smoke, you're going to die. You know, and my view is, as an adult in a free society where smoking is legal, it's your funeral. So it made sense to call a brand of cigarettes death because it was basically saying, don't tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing. I know precisely what I'm doing. I am smoking. I'm going to die. And if I choose to do that, that's my business. Mind your own business and let me get on with minding mine. And this whole thing was phenomenal in creating demand. It was phenomenal in creating publicity. That I, I wanna, uh, and this taught me a very important lesson. If you want to create a brand, you either have to have shed loads of cash mm -hmm. or a compelling idea that people are interested in, that's fascinating, that's viral, that, that people have to tell each other about. Have you heard about that brand of cigarettes called Death? Yeah, I've heard Skull and Crossbones. Oh, oh, oh. They, they, you kind of have to talk about it. A viral idea, an idea that wants to spread by itself. The reason for this is what you're trying to do, to come right back to the beginning, is to penetrate the mind of your customer. And to penetrate the mind, you've either got to get through the ears or through the eyes. And those are the bottlenecks in the market. And to get through that bottleneck, as I say, you either have to wedge it up with loads of cash or 
have an idea that will creep its way through that death cigarettes is just such an idea it's compelling it's interesting it's different it's honest it's debatable you know um there's a huge debate around tobacco and, and fundamentally it's it's beautiful as well because it's polemic seek seek out a uh, seek out a polarized position it, it, this is another great piece of advice it's important to know who you're not for as well as who you are for. Find enemies. I tell you, if, if, no one, if everyone likes you, you're deeply boring. You know, find, find out who doesn't like you um, and, and attack them. You know, create, them, create the tension because then you'll find people come to you. Then what you've got is a partnership with people because actually you're following a common cause. There's a, so your brand should act as the banner behind which your external market your customer, mm. and your internal culture, your organization, can rally. Mm. And in that way, drive forward in, in truth, in honesty, in light, in love, into the marketplace to make profit, because mm. that's what it's about. And ultimately, what branding about is about, of course, is being able to sell exactly the same product for more money. I mean, let's not, let's not pretend. When Nike put a swoosh on a pair of trainers, you're willing to pay 85 quid for that pair of trainers exactly the same pair of trainers without a swoosh on it, you wouldn't pay £8.50 for down the market. Mm. That's the power of branding. It's the power of belief. So what brand is saying is this. The facts matter, but what matters most is what people believe. So belief belief is everything. And there's a, there's a nice um, sort of corollary to belief, and that's evangelism. We can get quite, quite religious about, uh, about marketing and branding in terms of, I mean, what, what Apple do. Um, you know, the, what is, they employed uh, Guy, Guy Kawasaki, who I've spoken to on the show, who's a new chief evangelist at, um, at Apple um, during the 90s. So um, evangelism and belief are, are, are quite interesting terms um, and phrases to, to, to use in this context, I think. You're, you're absolutely spot on. And if, I would, I would argue, if in your business you can't find that evangelical belief, dig deeper, you know, find it. Because that's the power, that's the energy, that's the motive, that's the, the potency. And that's what branding is about. It's about, it's about finding that seam of gold, that belief, conceptualizing it and packaging it in such a way that you can deliver it in sound bites. The reason for that is think of each soundbite as a little bullet that's firing into the brain of your customer. And the more, you know, if you've got an AK-47, you're in business. You know, if you've got a little pea shooter, you're in trouble. So, and that's what it's about. It's not about, it's, and, and these bullets are ideas. They're mems. They're, they're, they're little tiny things that are going out there saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Aren't I interesting? You know, we're fight, we are in a marketplace where ideas are competing with each other, where, where, where promises are competing with each other. Products change. I, and anyway, what is a product? It's just, a, it's just the manifestation of an idea. You know, it, it's the idea that matters. It's the promise that matters. And that's the thing that needs to be communicated. Um, Harley Davidson aren't selling motorbikes. They're selling freedom. So the market position that Harley Davidson own in the mind of their customer is freedom. That's why when they stick Harley Davidson on a Zippo lighter, they can sell that self-same Zippo lighter for $10 more than the Zippo lighter without the Harley Davidson. Because what they're saying is, this is freedom. In other, when somebody tattoos Harley Davidson on their arm, they're not saying, I'm a motorbike. They're saying, I believe in freedom. Mm -hmm. So Harley Davidson's concept, Harley Davidson's brand promise is about freedom. Body Shop's brand promise is about 
caring and ethical business practice. They're not selling shampoo or soap. They're selling caring and ethical business practice. So if you care that products aren't experimented on with animals and that they're not screwing the third world in terms of trade, you will be a body shop customer and you'll be willing to buy a bar of soap for £2.50 rather than 80p. Brand positions are powerful things and owning those positions is ultimately what business is about. It's an interesting thing here because there are, there are, there are a lot of glamorous brands that have a, have, a, have a compelling proposition and a promise that is attractive. But for many businesses, and, and, and if one is realistic, the vast majority of, of small to medium-sized businesses um, don't attain those kind of glamorous heights, may not have um, superficially the kind of um, inherent compelling promise that perhaps a luxury car importer or, a, or death cigarettes or, a, or a, you know, a shoe shop for, for, the, for the rich and famous, for want of a better, better way of expressing it. Um, uh, how can, for want of a better word, um, businesses, ordinary businesses, businesses that are, um, uh, yeah. uh, you, ordinary, I mean, it sounds, it sounds somehow, somehow disparaging, but how, how do ordinary businesses make themselves stand out? I, you see, I would, I would take you up on that. I would say every business has the opportunity to stand out and is aching to stand out just as every individual um is you know is valid and has the opportunity to stand out and i would say this is what this is what small businesses need to do find your truth find out what it is about you that make this is a question what is it about you that makes you so special what is it about you that can't be copied tomorrow by someone else what's your point and why should anyone care and if you can answer those questions there will be something special, but let's say you're a car wash down in Peckham. You know, maybe it's because you employ Polish people and they're really great people. They really care about getting that car clean and they really care. And while they're doing it, they sing Polish songs. You know, maybe I'm just making this up, you know, but whatever it is, then that, that, you know, then what happens is your car gets clean. Fabulous job. And they sung Polish songs to you while they were cleaning it. You go and you talk to your mates in the pub about it. Pretty soon that Polish car wash is going to be full of people getting their car washed. Then what happens is they buy another car wash and then they have a Mexican car wash and all of a sudden you got McDonald's. Do you know? I mean, that's how things work. That's how things work. You, you ran for, for some while a very successful brand consultancy, which you then flogged for loads of money um, at the right time, just before the, the dot-com bubble burst, I understand. Pure, pure luck, pure luck. I mean, it was, um, th- that's the other thing about business and life is there's a lot of luck involved. I mean, and uh, certainly I, I, I've, <laughs> I've, had my, I've had my fair share of luck, you know, and that was a very lucky time. I... I I had I, my baby daughter was being born, and I was just kind of tired of 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 the the whole brand running a branding agency, mm. and um, it got to the stage where I wanted to um, spend time with my family and my daughter, and so I sold it, and that was August the seventeenth. We signed the documents. She was born on August the thirtieth, and then September the eleventh happened. So the whole market fell out of bed, and um, yeah, it was very. I was fortunate. I was very fortunate. And um, uh, since then, I mean, you've gone on to, uh, I, I guess, be, be quite a, a, a well-known sort of brand consultant in, in terms of you as an individual, in terms of going into organizations large and small and advising them and consulting for them. Now, I know a lot of, the, lot of um, listeners to, to, to the show 
um, are, are interested in, in consultancy. Um, you know, they run consultancy businesses. Do the same branding principles apply to individuals as ideas? I mean, the individual is an idea. I mean, you, you, you need to create your own personal brand. Um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about, you know, how you've turned yourself into a successful brand consultant, other than the fact that oh, clearly you have the experience and the, you know, the practical real-world entrepreneurship skills that, that demonstrate you know what you're talking about. But, but may, maybe, maybe you could say a little bit about you know, the BJ Cunningham brand. Well, you're spot on. I mean, in, in order to be a successful consultant, I think you have to have the conviction of what you're saying. And, and the way you get the... Also, I think it's useful not to need it but 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 to rather want it so i, I i'm i'm always nervous of consultants who have to earn a living um as opposed to i mean i'm saying this from a very fortunate position but um but you know i don't need it so i can go into a company and i can tell them exactly what i think because i actually because that's what i think and i believe that's what they're paying for where a lot of consultants can get caught in this sort of catch-22 of um well this is what i really think but i better not tell them because otherwise i might not be paid you know i might get fired and I, I actually frankly don't care um and i think you know i think they like that I, well i certainly like that when i and i work with consultants and the the reason i work with consultants is because consultants can come in and see things you can't see i mean but when you're working in your own business very often you can't see the wood for the trees you know you're you in fact you can't see the wood or the trees you know you're, you're just you're, you're completely lost and and a consultant can come in and say, oh, A, B, C, D. And, oh, God, you know, thank you so much. It's worth 10 grand. You know, thank you. Because you're, you're out of that pit stop and into the next part of your business. And so I think consultants can be incredibly powerful tools. Be careful um, when you're working with a consultant that they're not building themselves into a job. Never work on a retainer, I'd say. Um, only ever work on a job-by-job -job basis. You don't go to a garage and put a put the garage, you know, the mechanic on a retainer. You go in there and say, look, fix my carburetor or, or, or repair my brakes. You know, that's, that's, what you, that, that's how you should think of a consultant as a surgeon. You don't put a surgeon on a retainer just in case. You know, you want him to sort out your, your operation and do it well, stitch you up properly. Don't get stitched <laughs> up either. <laughs> um, but, no, so, so in terms of consultancy, I believe, I believe the key word is integrity um, and, uh, and also experience. And in terms of brand consultancy, I've, I've had the benefit because of my agency of working with a lot of companies, a lot of different business models. And also I always look at it from a business perspective because I'm a businessman. So um, I'll take a very common sense approach to things and in fact i think you know i think that that common sense business approach which most entrepreneurs and business people have will always ask this question what are you talking about you know what hang on a second what the hell are you talking about you know what and and i in fact i always go in with two key questions when i start your your audience might benefit from these the two key questions to ask yourself in respect branding are what is your point and why should anyone care those are the two questions that matter. And if you can answer those questions, you've got, the, you've got the beginnings of a brief for a brand consultant. If you can't answer those questions, you, you need more than a brand consultant. You, know, you, need, you need deep corporate therapy. <laughs> Incidentally, branding is deep corporate therapy. I mean, just, just so you know, all of the principles around therapy on an individual basis are precisely the principles that operate on a corporate basis in regards to branding. And if those principles don't operate on a corporate level, as well as they operate on a personal level, then chances are something's wrong. 
So another way I'd gauge your consultants or the way you're working with in terms of brand is this. Apply what they're saying to yourself personally. If it makes sense, then chances are they're talking sense. If it makes no sense at all, chances are they're talking shite. Your consultancy to BJ is, 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 is brand evolution. I mean, I know you've, you've consulted for, for some, some very large businesses. Um, is this kind of consultancy completely out of reach and, and for, for the smaller business? I mean, how, how accessible is good brand advice these days? Well, to be honest, good brand advice is pretty inaccessible. I mean, unless you are going to spend um, a lot of money. And uh, that, that's been the way of it. Because a, a good consultant, you're looking at, you know, two or three grand a day. And they should be spending a minimum of three or four days on your business. So you're looking at 15 grand before you even start properly. And, and incidentally, there is that old adage, you know, pay peanuts get monkeys and and I would seriously worry about mind you you know pay coconuts get gorillas so 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 so, so but nonetheless there is a point where you think carefully and all of this got me thinking I was contracted by a very large corporation to create a workshop for them to take their senior management through it cost them in excess of 350,000 pounds took 6 months to create this workshop um, and it was a weekend workshop where there were the, the Saturday and Sunday and we'd go off to a retreat in a fancy hotel and take the whole senior management through this whole program. And at the end of it, they came away really with a masterclass in branding and a, and a deep understanding of what brand meant, why it was important, how it impacted on their business, how they could use it as a working tool, as a leadership tool, all of these different things. Um, and it was very, very successful. It was very well received and it made a dramatic difference to their business. What I've done is I've taken all of that workshop and all of that learning and condensed it into a one-day workshop, because obviously there's a lot of fluff involved when you do something like that. You don't need the fluff. Mm. Con condensed it into a one-day workshop um, and put that together for um, £997 per person for business people to come to this workshop to, to really benefit from all of that learning. So at the end of that day, what they've got is a real insight into if you like, the overview of what is branding and marketing, why is it important, but also how they can take that down onto a personal level in their business and really apply it. And uh, we run these workshops four times a year, we're hoping to. Um, and the next one's coming up on the 29th of July at One Aldwych. Um, and if anyone's interested, please, please get onto the website, which is um, www.brandevolutionworkshop.com. And um, come check it out. I think, you'll, I think you'd really get off on it. It'd be, it's a great day. Okay. BJ Cunningham, thanks very much for, for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for listening. Okay. So I hope you all enjoyed that. I found it a really interesting interview. Uh, short of time, as usual. So uh, my choice of music from electromancer.com this week kind of is a summary little electronica ditty called Intelligent Design by the electronic voice phenomenon.